0: Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 20 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Alicia from com. How are you doing, Alicia?
1: I'm good. Um, and actually, I think it's, uh, ratingwithlisha.blogspot.com because I don't actually have that. I didn't go out and buy a new domain.
0: <laughs> Very good. I will make sure to go and fix that. <laughs> so, okay. So, how are you this morning?
1: I'm good. I'm more or less awake. I'm drinking some coffee, and hopefully that will that will get my brain in gear. I don't know. It might not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, the thinking's overrated, right? All
1: right. And how are you doing?
0: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It was a, a very busy week this week, so I am happy to have kind of a, a quieter weekend to come home to this this week. So we're going to start right off with the interview, uh, get to know Leisha a little bit and, and find out all about her. So who are you? And tell us a little about yourself.
2: Who
1: am I? That has always been the big question. I've, I've, I've been trying to figure it out since I was about two. Um, uh, well, my name is Mimi, actually, um, in real life, and um, I also go on the internet by the names Lothie, that's L-O-T-H-I-E, um, and Leisha, which is my main toon's name on Warcraft. Um, I'm in my 50s, which I constantly surprises me. I, I can't believe it. I'm like, how did this happen? Um, but, you know, I see the number. It's got to be true. Um and uh I'm married. Um actually I'm married to my third husband, so that's the that thereby hangs the tail. <laughs> but we're very happy, so uh number three is a keeper, that's good. And uh and I have two grown daughters and a fifteen year old son. And very cool. I'm a network security analyst for right now I'm working on a government contract. Oh well, that's fun. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um i i have to say mimi is is now a very special name uh in my heart because my my uh new niece is uh mary may and uh, they are calling her mimi so
1: you know when i was a little girl and people would say what's your name i'd say oh it's mimi and they'd go oh we call my grandmother that and i'm like oh my god you know but now people are starting to call their children that you know they're uh-huh. Little children, I'm like, oh, thank God, you know, because I got so tired of being, you know, oh, we call my grandmother.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's it's funny you say that because um, she's actually her full name is Mary May and it's M.E.I. because uh, she's half Chinese oh, yeah. and uh, she is named after her uh, two great grandmothers. So. Yeah. Cool. Full circle. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah exactly. Exactly.
0: Well, very cool. Well, what are your areas of geekitude?
1: Well, um, as I said, I'm a network security analyst, and I've been doing that for about 20 years, um, which <laughs> is kind of funny because a lot of times, you know, younger people will come along and they'll think that people that have been doing it for that long or dinosaurs, you know, that we don't know anything. And when you're in network security, you have to constantly stay, you know, on the bleeding edge of everything. And I don't know that, that I, I keep caught up as much as I'd like, but, you know, I certainly am not, you know, way behind the times or a dinosaur or whatever. Um, but uh, but I, I, I get a lot of, you know, people saying, Oh, you know, I can do that, or you know, how can I do what you do? It's like, well, you know, it's taken me 20 years to get where I am, so move over, child.
2: <laughs> um, well
0: said.
1: So, so there's that. Um, I started out as a huge fantasy fan when I was in my teens. I read Tolkien. And um, it actually spoiled me for a lot of other science fiction and fantasy, not because he's such a great writer, because technically speaking he's a, he, he was really a pretty bad writer,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but uh, just that the worlds that he created were so fabulous and so immersive that I, I, I've never seen anything like it since. I mean, the man was just a complete he was he was a, a linguist and he he basically just built everything from the ground up um, it actually inspired me to study linguistics in college and that was actually my first thing that I did I didn't get into IT until much later um, I unfortunately got sick and didn't finish school but um, for a long time I was studying linguistics I studied about seven different languages um, and it I just was so into it um, so uh, but anyway that, that's 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 kind of what got me started was was uh Tolkien specific fantasy. And then from there I went on, you know, as a huge Star Trek fan uh back in the day. Um, let's see, um, I don't keep up with movies as much as I'd like. Um, simply because when a lot of the 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 you know, important movies that kinda of shaped my generation, I guess you would say, were in the eighties and I was having babies so it's really hard to get out you know because I'm one of those parents who did not i would I would not be the kind of person to take my you know three-year-old to deadpool um
2: right, right right
1: but even then a lot of people were doing that kind of thing and I was like how can you do that you know how can you take kids to these inappropriate movies and you know these days they, they were just PG movies back then you know most of the time but'm I'm, I'm like how can you do that so i I missed a lot of that and i'm I'm really catching up now but I was really big into Star Wars. Um, I did play video games when I was in college, but um, it was a different kind of thing back then because, of course, you played in an arcade and you had to mm-hmm. spend actual real life money. And so I would be sitting here and I'm like, if I'm not good at this video game, I may not be able to do my laundry this week. You know, yeah. so it was a real consideration for me. You know, so so while well, I did play, it was kind of a, do I have enough quarters, you know, or do I not? Um, you know, definitely video games have changed a lot. So, um, and then the other thing I do is I actually sing with a video game uh, symphony. Um, I sing in the chorus. Um, we are one of the first um, musical groups that is uh, dedicated totally to video game music.
0: Um, that is so cool. I, I
1: know. I was so keen to move here because I I lived here for a long time and then I moved away and then I moved back and I was looking for, for a chorus to join and I saw this and I'm like, oh my God, it's perfect. And,
0: and where are you guys located?
1: We're in um, the D.C. area. We rehearse in Rockville, Maryland, which is just outside the D.C. Beltway. Um, but we have people from all over the the DC metro area, which since I moved back here has they've started to call the DMV, which I find hilarious.
2: Um,
0: <laughs> it
1: stands for DC, uh, Maryland, and Virginia. But um, so we have members from all over, but we rehearse primarily in Rockville.
0: That's so cool.
1: I know. I love it. I absolutely love it.
0: So. That's very neat. Very very cool. Well, do you have any areas where you feel your geekitude is low? You kind of don't don't stick into the conversation when uh it comes up?
1: Wow. Well, and I know we'll get into this later. Um, but it's it's kind of funny because being being a woman, I very often find that I don't speak up as much as maybe I should mm-hmm. at all. You know, Um, I'll, I'll tend to listen more and, you know, and I'm like, oh god, I'm not a real geek or whatever because, you know, I don't feel like I have as much to say. Um, but aside from, from that whole situation, as I say, which we'll get into later, um, I think, I think maybe, um, comic books was the thing that I always wished that I could keep up with. Um, Mm -hmm. and while I did read X-Men pretty voraciously for a while, um, in my last year of high school, um, and this was the new X-Men where they kind of rebooted it and they put in Wolverine and all those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was the beginning of that was, uh, I think, like 79, 80, 81, right in there. Um, and I really got into it. I had a girlfriend who would buy the comic books and then we'd both read them and I'd bring them home and my mom would read them. She loved Wolverine. And, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My mom is great. She's, she's like she was a geek before geek you know, before before female geeks existed, she was she was kinda of one. So, um anyway, so so I, I really got into that at the time, but then I couldn't really stay with it, you know, again, you know, going off to college. I didn't have a lot of money, so I couldn't I didn't know what to what to get because all the universes, you know, all the different groups crossed over with each other. So mm-hmm. like you couldn't just read X Men. You had to read X Men, but then they fought with Spider Man, so you had to buy that. I just so I gave up on it. And so I mean, now I'm kind of catching up with Marvel with all the movies coming out and the, the TV shows and everything. I'm trying to catch up with that, but I'm having the same problem now, except it's time. I don't have time.
2: <laughs> right.
1: So it's like, it's like, oh, we've got Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. over here and we've got, you know, all the movies over here. And then there was a TV show that you brought up a couple of weeks ago and I was like, what the hell is that? I never heard of that. You know, I think it was Jessica Jones. I was like,
0: oh, yes, yes, yes.
2: You
1: know, <laughs> I still haven't I still haven't taken a look at it yet because I just don't have time. But, you know, it's like, oh, now that's something new on my radar. You know, so.
0: So you so have you not seen Daredevil or Jessica Jones?
1: Actually, I have seen. Now, do they do they relate to each other? I did not realize that.
0: Yeah, they do. They're going to be um, – they're they're kind of all existing in that same – well, I guess it's technically all the same Marvel universe as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the movies and everything, but um, they're specifically doing um, Daredevil and Jessica Jones and um, Luke Cage and then eventually Iron Fist, and then the four of them are going to cross over in a series that's about all four of them.
1: That's pretty funny because I used to read Iron Fist back in the day, uh, and I was always like, why is he white?
0: and they cast the white that was a big controversy they were like well is he going to be white is he going to be asian and
1: well of course the the whole background is supposed to be that he's white but he had all these asian studies i actually did watch daredevil um i haven't kept up with it i'm I'm way behind but we started watching it and it was so violent um that there was this one episode and i don't think i'm providing any spoilers because it's it's way in the past that it happened. Right. There's this one episode where Kingpin, I guess, what's his real name? I forgot, but that guy. Fisk. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah. And he's, he's shutting this guy over and over at his car door <laughs> to the point where the guy just, you know, <laughs> you know,
0: yeah, there's there's, there's defi- definitely slushage. It's very – it is a very disturbing sound that comes out of that scene.
1: Yes, yes. And I said to my husband, I need to stop watching this for a while, honey. And we just – we haven't gone back to it since because right after that I started a new position at mm-hmm. work. I was working for the same company, but it's a different position. And I've been spending all my spare time sleeping. So we <laughs> haven't gone back there yet, but we will. You know, we'll we'll catch up with it all. With we um we had watched I think we finally got through the first season of Agents of Shield, which is what in its fifth season or something at this point, but mm-hmm. uh but we got to that point. So, you know, we'll get there. I like I said, I feel really behind, but I only have so many hours in a day and for some reason they want me to go to work. I don't know why.
0: <laughs> wouldn't, it, wouldn't it be just nice if it? Like, I came home last yesterday, and I had a a, a very good geekitude day. We had a lot of of stuff coming through the geekitude uh, webs, and uh, lots of fun stuff coming up down the the road. Mm-hmm. I just looked at my husband. I'm like, it would be so nice to get paid for this. <laughs> just
2: get paid for
1: doing. You know, I mean, I, I'm kind of lucky in that I actually do love network security, mm-hmm. but I actually hate the stupid crap that goes on you know? right and it's like god if i could just sit here and game and you know just just do fun geek stuff all day long i get paid that would be absolutely fantastic
0: that is the dream so what are you working on now what projects do you have going on anything geeky fun that you're working on
1: uh well there's my work project which i'm really proud of um We were, and I think I can talk about this to some extent. It's kind of funny because I I met up with this this guy who I, this is weird, but I kind of felt sorry for him. So I met Mm -hmm. at a restaurant. He asked me what I do for work. And he had been so talking about what he was doing and like real specific stuff. And he worked for the government too. Mm -hmm. And it made me uncomfortable, even though it wasn't anything that I think you needed a clearance to do. But I was like, you know, if I were a foreign national, I might be really interested in this weather-related stuff you're doing, you know?
2: Right, right, right. So,
1: uh, so when he asked me what I did, I said I can't discuss it, and it's not really true. I can discuss it, so I'm going to tell you what I do, and it's, um, I was working for something called the uh, Cyber Crisis Action Team. I hate that they use the word cyber in the military. It makes me laugh because nobody, <sighs> right? But
2: right, right. It's
1: like, woo, cyber. But anyway, what happened was the government all of a sudden realized, oh my god, we're being hacked constantly. You know, because mm-hmm. the OPM was hacked and, you know, all these, all these people's details, including mine, thank you very much, are, you know, all in the hands of hackers now. So, sorry friends who I put on my clearance stuff, you know. <laughs> Somebody has your phone number now. Yeah. But anyway, so, uh, so the government all of a sudden decided to get really excited about this and all the different government agencies started hiring all these contractors and, and basically spinning up these crisis groups that, that were going to last for about six months. And so starting in August, um, I, I worked specifically with the Coast Guard and they spun up this group called the Cybercat Delta, they called it. And, um, and so um, my company is a contracting company, and they basically hired a whole bunch of us off of other. I was already working for them, but they hired a whole bunch of people to come in and, and you know, be the uh, subject matter experts. And I was the one for uh, vulnerability um, scanning, basically, because while I wouldn't say it's the only thing I do, it's something that I'm really good at. And I it's been my specialty for about the last 10 years. So I'm that I'm that subject matter expert. Plus I've been filling in on doing other stuff, and it's just been kind of exciting to you know to be part of this team where you're you're helping the government realize that you know really they do have to take this seriously and they can't just you know check boxes anymore and they can't um, you know they can't they can't just rely on you know kind of the least the least amount of security they can get away with because. Security just hasn't been a big concern. I mean, if if you've ever dealt with the government at all, they they have no idea. So, and it's still very much a work in progress. I actually got up at one point and made a speech about how I really, really hoped that they didn't think that what they were doing now was enough because it's not enough. And there's always going to be somebody smarter out there. And, you know, the government is low-hanging fruit in the sense that, you know, if you can get into the government – you can, you know, I mean, that's the government. I mean,
0: it's a a good starting place. You can get into a lot of other stuff from there. Exactly,
1: And, you know, not as much stuff as you would think really is attached to the government, but enough is attached to it. And, you know, of course the whole DOD is just one network um, that, you know, it, it's like if you get in there, you've pretty much got the keys to the kingdom. And and I mean, everybody knows that. I'm not I'm not saying anything that's classified. It's like, you know, everybody knows that all the hackers know that, you know, and it's just the fact that really. And, and I'm probably going to ruffle some feathers by saying that, but it's really just that most foreign hackers are so stupid that we haven't had some kind of national crisis already. Um, they're really not good at their jobs. And so we've gotten away with not being good at ours. So anyway, that, that's my big thing that, that I'm doing. And I'm really proud of it. They just, they just um, are concluding it at the end of this month. Um, uh, they're, they're spinning it down and turning it over to an, a whole new section. That's, that's going to be, um, you know, kind of a permanent section of each government agency. And um, it, it, it's been fun to watch. It's been, it's been really nice to be a part of that.
0: That sounds fascinating. It sounds like it's a very cool thing to be a part of.
1: Yeah, it, it really has been. It really has been. It's
0: neat. Um, what's your favorite fandom? Do you have an a, a area or a thing that's just kind of your, your deal? I have a feeling I know what the answer is, but I, uh, I'm, I'm curious.
2: Well,
1: uh, I, I'm not sure what you think the answer is, but actually, if you think it's World of Warcraft, you're probably right. It, you, <laughs> it used to be Tolkien. I used to be the hugest... Tolkien geek in the entire universe. I would win all the trivia contests. I, you know, I had an elf name. In fact, that's where my my net name Lothy comes from. It's it's based on a Tolkien elf name. I mean, just everything. It was Tolkien, Tolkien, Tolkien. And then it, his son started coming out with all the new books um mm-hmm. and I just I got mad. First of all, I felt like he was just making money off his father's name you know, with stuff that was like, like not even really a concept in, in, in J.R. Tolkien's mind, you know, it it wasn't, it wasn't at all ready, you know? And, and I, Mm. I felt that Christopher Tolkien was just making money hand over fist selling to desperate geeks, you know, all this stuff. And I got mad and I just, I, I stopped buying it. I think the last book that I actually bought was, this would have been a good, almost 30 years ago, um, was the Book of Lost Tales, the first one, and maybe the second one. And then after that, I was like, forget it. The, you know, these these are just, they're just compilations of notes. They're not all that interesting. Um, You know, there's a lot of Christopher Tolkien's opinions, which I don't agree with in them. And I just, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it anymore. So now, you know, so then I had to kind of turn in my Tolkien geek card because if I wasn't going to keep up with this stuff, I couldn't be a real Tolkien geek. So, <laughs> um, so it's probably World of Warcraft. Um, I've I've completely immersed myself in the lore, and you know, I have oh god, a million tunes. Um, I have how many do I have? Do I have nine or ten level of hundreds right now? Oh, wow. Yeah, I think it's, let me say, I have seven, ele- nine, it's nine. So, and then it'll be ten when Demon Hunters come out, ten or eleven, maybe.
0: <laughs> I, I have to say, I, I want to go back to WoW. I have I have drifted away. I, I have not enjoyed this um, this expansion, um, but I miss it. And it's kind of like I get in there, and I... I play for a little bit but it's just it's just not holding my attention right now and i cannot wait for legion because it be, it, it sounds like they're going to add in a lot of stuff that's going to pull me back in garrison's killed it for me like the concept is cool but i don't want to do chores i don't have enough time to play as it is and i don't want to spend it running around a building picking stuff up and dropping stuff off.
1: you Now i agree with you I, at first i'm i'm very obsessive and and so i would get on and i'd be like you know, when you've got, at that point, it was, it was eight, um, a level a hundred alts, you know, it's like garrison chores, garrison chores. And I was, I was like, I'm killing myself. I can't, I never have time to play.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then right around then I started this new position and I'm actually disabled. I have fibromyalgia and I tried really hard to balance my gaming life and my chorus you know, with the symphony and a social life of any kind
2: mm. and
1: work. And it's actually gotten to the point where some bad things happened at work and I started to physically collapse. And I had to pull way back and kind of invoke the ADA and say, you know, and and I stopped doing everything. I mean, I stopped doing a lot of my gaming. I stopped doing um, I stopped doing anything but that and the symphony. I like I have no friends anymore that I see. <laughs> <You know?
2: laughs> stopped
1: going out, I stopped meeting people, you know, all that stuff. Um and I was it was just work and somehow and the symphony. And I was like, I can't live like this. And then I was I started getting migraines. So I said, Okay, you know, let's I, I had never done this before. I felt like a terrible person, but I was like, I've got to invoke the ADA, I got a note from my doctor. Um, and now they're letting me telework two to three days a week, which is good. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. I work much better at home anyway, because I don't have fluorescent lights at home, which hurt my eyes. So I think that's what gives me the migraines is those horrible fluorescent lights and they won't turn them off. It's like, right. Right. You know, for some reason they really love their damn fluorescent lights. So, um, where was I going with this? Oh, so I kind of solved my problem. There are people like the gold queen who will tell you, no, farm everything for me. I don't do that. I go in on a couple of tunes. I don't even, I don't even actually go on all my tunes every day. I'll Mm -hmm. go on on a few tunes that have like the jewel crafting boutique because that's free money. You know, if you Mm -hmm. already have all the mats, it's free money. So I get, you know, I get my free money from my jewel crafting boutiques and I'll always do my inscriptionist thing because I can make free money with that. Since I have so many mats, I'll make the Cards of Omens several times mm-hmm. a week, and that's free money. So I always do that one, but that takes like five seconds. I don't always pick the flowers. I don't always mind because I'm swimming in that crap right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because when you have that many alts and you're doing it on all of them for a long period of time, you have too much. So right, right. now I'm just not doing it. And then I can go out and farm old content for mounds, which is one of my favorite things to do. Or I can run Firelands, which gives you between two and 4,000 a week um, on every alt you do it on. So I can do that. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about getting gold capped. And I boosted another 100. So, um, and I'm learning to play that class. It's a warlock. So it's like I'm actually having a lot of fun Fun right now, um, because I decided to just get over my obsession and stop doing the constant chores.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's what I'm going to need to do too, uh, because it's I because I miss it. I do miss it, and it's one of those things where it's. I think I I burnt out a little bit because I do obsess a little bit too, and um, and after a while I was just like you know, I think I'm going to take a break, and when Legion comes back I'll I'll come back in with of a fresh view and a fresh mind. But I know what will happen is when, when they announce the actual date, I'm going to be like, oh, my God, I only have X number of months to get what I need done, done, and then I'll be back in the game again.
1: Right, exactly, exactly. I'm thinking it's going to come out probably end of June, beginning of July. So that's, that's the date I'm sort of shooting for to get everything I want done. And actually I have everything but one thing done now that I wanted to get done before Legion dropped. Um, I wanted to get to 600... 600- Battle paths, and I did. Awesome. I wanted to get 200 mounts, and I did.
0: Very cool. I
1: wanted to get my beloved title, and I did. And I wanted to get the Grove Warden mount from raiding without being carried.
0: Oh, nice. And I
1: did. So, <laughs> that's everything except I want to make my first million, and I'm not quite there.
0: Yeah, but my understanding is is pretty... You know, it's it's time consuming, but it's pretty easy to do with the garrisons, especially if you have as many as you do. And
1: that's it. Yeah, I mean, seriously, it's like it's like I will make between ten and twenty thousand gold a week if I'm if I'm at all paying attention to it.
0: That's pretty crazy. Yeah,
1: I know, right? But they're gonna turn all that off when Legion comes, so that's why I want to make my first million before it drops, and then. You know, I'm not going to worry about gold anymore after that.
0: Well, maybe that will be one of my weekend goals: is to 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 get back in, <laughs> see if I've been if I've been dropped out of C- uh, CTR yet, because I know that you have to log in so many times.
1: Oh, you know, every yeah.
0: every couple of months.
1: You're, and, you're in CTR, huh? That's, yeah. Uh, that's where all the cool kids are, I guess.
0: Well, I I did it because I was I I've always played Horde. Horde's been my kind of my love, uh-huh. and I had a great experience kind of in Wrath. That was like the the height of, of Warcraft for me, and around Cataclysm, my guild broke up, and this isn't just like one of those guilds that you just kind of are a part of. It was, you know, my brother had started it, and I'd met a bunch of people from it, and they just kind of all drifted away from WoW, and I've spent every expansion from um from like mid catechism uh catechism <laughs> from mid cataclysm
2: Catholic too
0: yeah <laughs> um, so from mid cataclysm to uh to now I've been basically just kind of guild hopping and I've never found anybody that's been you know very vocal but more than that, they just kind of drop off after a couple months, and so nothing's ever been really stable. And so I'm like, you know what? I, I really don't want to be just a cog in a, a mega guild, but at least I know it's not going anywhere. Right. And so I think that's what finally made me make the the transition over. And I do know I have met a couple of people from the guild. I know, um, Cuddles from. Uh, from the Converted and the Game Case show was on my show at one point. And so, you know, you, I've made some connections through there, so I figured, hey, you know what, might as well jump in. <laughs> but you have to play, otherwise they don't they kick you out of the guild.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, hopefully they'll let you back in if they did. I know um, the uh, and Frosty from Worgentowl uh, mm-hmm. are in there, too. And I, I every once in a while, I'm like, hmm. Maybe I should, but I just, you know, I don't think I have enough time to, to commit to another guild. So, mm-hmm. Although there was this one guild, it's a, a social justice guild, actually, um, that's on, um, if you've heard of Daily Cause, they have a guild <laughs> that's on Garrosh and their horde. And I um, was trying to join it, but for some reason, like, a whole bunch of people wanted to join it at the same time. And mm-hmm. so they're not taking new applications right now, and okay. it kind of gets on my nerves because I was invited by one of their officers, and now they're like making me jumps or hoops, and I'm like, well, screw you, I'll just ignore that tune. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but but every once in a while, I think, ooh, do I want to take a tune and put them over on 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 Erie Peak? But then I'm like, oh, I just don't have
0: time. Yeah, and it's hard when you change servers. When like it's just it. It takes a little building up.
1: <laughs> well, you, but did you hear they're gonna let people take two hundred fifty gold with them now in Legion? They're gonna let people go over with two hundred fifty gold or two hundred fifty k gold. I mean,
0: oh wow, okay, wow,
1: <laughs> that's nothing. But yeah, so so they're gonna they're gonna up the amounts because it used to be like ten thousand, I think, was the most you could take.
0: Yeah. Now
1: they so, and that that money helps you build up. So, um, so that's good. But, yeah, yeah, I would definitely come back because you can make serious – I'll tell you what you do. You just take take your main tune and just go into Firelands and start beating stuff up, and you will make major book right there. It's amazing.
0: Yeah, maybe that's what I'm going to do. And I, I think what I'm going to do is I'm probably going to go back to my, my main, which is Horde, not in CTR, and uh, and play him for a little bit because he's lonely. And I, I'm waiting for, for the – as I think I said on, on Girls Gone Wild – I'm I'm waiting for the transmog stuff to come in so that I can clear my bags because he's almost unplayable right now because I don't want to get rid of anything. Oh,
1: oh my god, my bank is completely full. I have all hex weave bags in my bank and on my main, you know. And it's like I've been collecting this stuff since Wrath of the Lich King, you know, and completely full. It's driving me nuts. I'm so glad they're doing this. And my void space is completely full on my main as well.
0: Yeah, both both tabs.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's like, oh my God. So I'm so glad they're doing this. I'm I'm almost afraid to do stuff. You know.
2: Yeah. It's yeah. It's
1: like, oh, if I get another piece of gear, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna explode. So
0: very cool. Um, last question. Is there anything out there that you um you love and you think that more people should know about and indulge in?
1: Chocolate. No, uh, okay so this is gonna sound weird you know when I saw when I saw the question you know the new question I was like oh god what do I do that you know besides wow that I feel more people should do and you know the only thing that really occurred to me and this doesn't sound geeky at all but I knit oh nice and I took up knitting, I actually learned when I was, you know, very young, but but I took up knitting again recently, and I found that as a person who's a little crazy, it it keeps me calm, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you know, and the thing is that you wouldn't think this is geeky at all, but if you've ever tried to make a pair of socks, the amount of math is just, You know, first of all, you're making something that's three dimensional. It's not flat. Mm -hmm. So you're making something where, where you actually, you know, you're, you're taking a tube, but then you're turning it in midair. Okay? So that's, that's really neat right there. People are like, how do you do that? Yeah, you don't, you don't make it flat and sew it up. You, you're making a tube and you turn it in midair. You're making a shape that, that turns a corner. Anyway. But then, like, say you want to make a pair of socks for somebody who's not you. You know, you have to go and measure their foot and then, you know, calculate exactly, you know, not just how long it's going to be but how many stitches around it's going to be and, you know, and therefore how many stitches are going to go into the part where you turn and all that stuff. And then, of course, if there's any kind of pattern or, you know, like if there's lace or if there's stripes or if there's something like that, you have to go and calculate all of that. And so it's actually, for people who design knitwear or who design, you know, to put any kind of customization into their knitwear, it's actually very geeky. And yet it's not thought of as a geeky thing because people think of it as a woman's thing. And women can't be geeks.
2: So, you know,
1: how could this be a geeky thing? But it really is. And on top of it, it's like meditating. You sit there and you knit on something. Right now I'm making a hat because it occurred to me that my ears are cold. Of course, by the time I finish this hat, it will be spring, but whatever. Right, right. Um, But I'm making a hat and, you know, and I just sit there and I'm like, "Eh, eh, I don't want to kill anyone anymore. (laughs) So most of the time, anyway, sometimes I want to kill somebody. But if I do, I have these incredibly sharp knitting needles. Which I could. Yeah. So, so,
0: so you've, and you've you've become very good with them too.
1: Exactly. So. Exactly. I know exactly what I'm doing with these damn needles. That's what makes me laugh too. I can take those on a plane.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's like, please, people. You know. I mean, not that I want the not that I want the TSA to to outlaw needles. I don't think they should. But it just makes me laugh the things that the TSA does tell you you can't bring on a plane. Right. Like I can bring my incredibly sharp knitting needles. Okay. What. So.
0: It, it's funny because one of my favorite movies, um, it's called uh, *Bigger Than the Sky*, uh-huh. and it's about this guy who joins um, a local theater production of Cyrano de Bergerac*. Uh-huh. And so, if anybody out there has ever done community theater, it is it is so reminiscent of any experience you have had. Like it is it is the definitive community theater experience, and um, the. Best line is one of the actors tosses his costume down on a chair right next to the costumer. She just looks him straight in the eye and she says, "I can throw this seam ripper with deadly accuracy." <laughs> <laughs>
2: and,
0: and he just kind of slowly reaches over, picks up his costume, and hangs it up. Yes,
1: exactly. It's like don't don't piss off the the sewing and knitting geeks because and it really is it's geekery. I mean, sewing too. I don't I don't actually sew, although I have. Um, but it's, it's tremendously mathy. I mean, you really, really, you know, you can't have too foggy a brain, which actually makes it rough for me with the fibro, but, um, you cannot, you know, you have to know what you're doing to design or because, because even if you're making it from a pattern, you're, there's still some thought that goes into it.
0: Yeah. You still have to count. You still have to keep track of things. And, um, uh, Marcelle Edwards, who was one of our first guests on the show, talked about. Um, or, I don't remember if she talked specifically about knitting, but she she definitely knits a lot. She actually tried to get me into it, and it has the exact opposite effect on me. It gets me frustrated. Like, I I can't get it perfect, <laughs> and, and I shouldn't because I'm just starting. So I'm, you know, I'm trying to just just do the square, and it's like it's not coming out. Like it just gets frustrating. Oh, no. <laughs> so yeah. people are like, oh, I find it so relaxing. I'm like, no, <laughs> it's not relaxing at all.
1: Yeah, when you first start out, it's not relaxing in the in the least. And and when I first got back into it, I I didn't find it so. It's it's just after a while. It's the same thing. I actually spin a little bit too. Um, on on like a drop spindle. Mm-hmm. Um, which is like the, the most ancient way of spinning. It's it's where you basically have this thing that looks like, you know, the spindle that um, Sleeping Beauty pricked her finger on. It looks like mm-hmm. that, but it's just loose. It's not on a spinning wheel. Mm-hmm. And you basically, you know, and you spin yarn with that, and it's incredibly relaxing until the yarn breaks. going, mm-hmm. like, you know, and you're mm-hmm. set. But once you get really good at it, your yarn will never break. And so it's just really relaxing. Um, and in fact, I remember in Mists of Avalon, it's one of the ways that that Morgaine goes into her trances is to spin with a drop spindle because she mm-hmm. finds it so boring. It puts her in a trance. So I don't know. It's not boring to me, but whatever.
0: Well, very cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing, uh, sharing yourself with us and, and letting us know a little bit more about you. We're going to move on to how we kept it geek this week. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I actually had a very geeky week this week, which has been rare lately. So it's been nice. Um, I may have played hooky on Monday and went to Disneyland.
1: <gasps> I miss Disneyland so much. I used to live in LA.
0: Oh yeah, we we went to. We have some friends that are um, snowbirds from Minnesota, and so they're out here. And one of them is about to turn fifty, and he has never been to Disneyland.
2: Oh my god!
0: Yeah, so we're like, all right, we need to take you. So um, we actually did two days. We we went to California Adventure on Saturday, and we had a hotel room walking distance from the, the park, and then went to Disneyland proper on Monday. And we all learned that we are too old to go to a theme park two days in a row.
2: <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. I could only do that like one time.
0: Yeah, about halfway through the the second day, we were kind of like, well... It's four o'clock, so if we try and go back to Palm Springs now, we're going to hit a lot of traffic. So we might as well go on a couple more. (laughs) (laughs) But it was a lot of fun. They have the seasons of the Force, and it's very cool to to go in and see you know a lot of Star Wars stuff. But I think if you're going to see like mini Star Wars Land before it opens, you're going to be disappointed because it's not it's not kind of fully realized. It's still very much Tomorrowland with. Star Wars highlights. Hmm. So, yeah. And then I published another article on Dumbbells and Dragons this week. It was not a good uh, weight loss week for me this week. <laughs> it was a, um, as I say in the article, uh, if it wasn't for Disneyland and the fact that I made the decision that I was not going to be bad and eat churros and and Dole Whips and chocolate-covered bananas all weekend, um, I would have probably gained But uh, you can go and check out that article at dumbbellsanddragons.com. It's
1: not loading for me. I have tried to load it several times now, and I just get page okay. Hmm. So I think they're down right now.
0: They might be. I know he's trying to transfer from um, his current server to a different service because um, the person who is housing it is – asking him to, to take it to a, a real server as opposed to just his friend server. Um, so they might be transitioning that.
1: Soon. Oh,
0: okay. So it might just be down for now. Okay. Yeah. It might just be down for a maybe a day or two, but it should be up, um, soon if it's, if it's currently down. Um, I've been in the Overwatch beta since it's <gasps> been up.
2: Oh, 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 sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, are you I, I take it you're looking forward to this?
1: Yes, I am not in the beta. But um and you know at first I didn't think I would like it. You know, I, I was kinda like, uh, eh, first person shooter. Mm. But just the more I hear about it, the more excited I get. I don't know if I'll be any good at it, but I'm I'm really excited about it. I'm definitely gonna buy it and play it.
0: Well, if you don't play first person shooters, you won't be. <laughs> I can say this from experience. Because when I first got in, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. This is how do people have these reaction times. Like the people who play a good tracer are phenomenal because when you're playing it, it's hard to keep track of where you are. Uh, yes. Because she's bouncing uh, forward and backward. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know how you guys are keeping track of what you're doing. Like I'm just bouncing in the walls and, you know, it's so, so – Tracer is definitely one of those characters that you know they're they're leading with. The, usually they lead with the one that everybody can play. Right. You have to be really good to play Tracer. Um, but I've been playing Lucio this week, and he's a support, and he is so much fun. Like I think I found my, I think I found my jam uh, in Overwatch because he's he's quick, and he heals without having to target, and um, I actually felt like I was helping in fights, so I think I finally found my groove in an Overwatch. Um, and then just this morning, I, do you play Hearthstone?
1: You know, I I played enough to get the Hearthsteed, and that was it.
0: So, I, I have been... I, it's the only thing I've stayed consistent with for for a while now, like I play it every day to get my dailies done, and this morning I discovered the most awesome Rogue deck. I accidentally went into ranked play instead of casual play when I started, just to get my daily done, and I'm like, oh my god, I went 6-0 and zero in in uh, ranked. I was very excited. And then the last thing I did was, well, we, we kind of did this together, and I wanted to kind of do this as a, a PSA. Um, we Twitter-shamed... Um, Pocket Cast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what the, what the hell happened? I finally listened to it this morning while I was having coffee. I was like, you know, because it's the first time I've really had time to, to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I finally just listened to it while I was having coffee because I could not get it on Pocket Cast. I don't know what the hell happened.
0: Yeah, and it's just because honestly, I didn't know it. this is... I'm still very new at this podcasting thing, and I didn't realize it was on other um, sites other than iTunes and now Stitcher uh, until Kenny from Dumbbells and Dragons said, oh, yeah, I get it on whatever he gets it on. And we don't have, as a creator, really control over where that goes once it's up on iTunes.
2: Right, right. All
0: all these other places kind of just aggregate it from there. Which is fine and it's awesome because it, it gives me a, a, a bigger audience uh, or at least p- potential audience, but there's no way I can go in and say hey, you know fix this. And so I didn't even know if it was a problem until you mentioned it, and I'm gl- I'm glad you did because we we sent tweets back and forth and we included Pocket Cast on there and. They said they were looking into it. But. I,
1: yeah, I, I hadn't heard another thing from them about it. And what was weird was, you know, PocketCast I mean, it's mostly just an app, although I guess you can also broadcast from it. I mean, I haven't tried. But, but you know, it's it's basically what I decided. You know, I, I went and looked because I use Android. And I, I went and looked and I said, okay, what are the best podcasting, you know, aggregators out there? What's the best one? Because I used, I used to use this one and I didn't like it very much. So, and, and Pocket Cast was the one that came up, you know, consistently. So, I was like, okay, you know, and then I started listening to to WoW podcasts, and this is the first time I've had an issue, but, but even when I went to the link on your site, and it would say, you know, what do you want to open this with, and I'd say Pocket Cast, and it wouldn't download it. So, I don't know what the hell, uh, you know, uh, but there was, as I say, finally, I just, today, I just said, heck, and, you know, I went and. Hit the play button and listen to it. So
0: Well, I'm glad. <laughs> I appreciate it, I, but it worries me because not everybody's gonna take the time to do that. So get your act together, Podcast.
1: I know. Get it's, me back up there. Yeah, something. So um yeah, I, I, I hope it doesn't happen again because it's it's a lot harder to listen to the show that way. Um I mean I guess even on my phone I can do it. You know, just hit play, but it's just, you know, if it's right there in my app, you know, I'm going to see it and I'll just, you know, I'll just play it automatically.
0: So. Well, and I certainly am not going to remember to go and check all the different podcasts that I listen to to see if they've uploaded a new episode. Exactly. So, it,
1: If it's not, yeah. it wouldn't even occur to me usually. It was just because in, in your particular case, you know, A, I was going to be on the show, so I wanted to hear the one before it, and B when I heard what it was about, I went to the Kickstarter site and, and we actually bought the, the comic. So, um, the, um, what's it called? Black.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: we actually, we were like, Ooh, that's really neat. So we went and bought it. So it's like, so it was on my mind. I was like, Oh, I can't wait for the episode to be up now. And then it didn't come and it didn't come. And finally I was like, Hey, this never, this never happened. Where is it? You know?
0: Yeah, no. Thank you for doing that. I'm, I, you know, hopefully they will they will fix it, and, and I, I will keep bugging them. So please keep letting me know if if you're not seeing episodes come through. And that goes for anybody who kind of just stumbled back to the website and went, "Oh, my aggregator is not pulling the show in anymore." Let me know because I don't know what I can do about it, but I can <laughs> we can Twitter shame them together. <laughs> We certainly did get a response, whether it was a useful response or not. <laughs> they did take notice.
2: Right,
1: exactly. It's like get your act together, dudes. You know. So hopefully, hopefully, it's just the way they're reading from the feed or something like that. I don't.
0: Yeah, or that particular one just did, glitched, and the next one will load no problem.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. How about you? How'd you keep it geek this week?
1: Well, I went to work, so that was
0: good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I had a situation at work where. I recently had to kind of call out a bunch of my coworkers for being jerks. And I was really worried because whenever I've done this in the past, um, speaking up, um, and again, we'll probably go into this a little bit more, more later, but speaking up is, is a real, it's a real difficult choice for me because if I make noise and I speak up and I make a fuss, I'm a troublemaker, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, and so, you know, I was really like, you know, should I do this? Should I say anything? But, but then I was like, you know, I've had enough. I've been with this company since 2012. And they really, really, I, I have done a lot for them. I mean, when, when I first started working for them, I actually moved to Alaska for this company on my own dime. Oh, wow. So, you know, it's like they have no reason to doubt my loyalty or my word. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to say something. And I did. And apparently the team lead, who is kind of, he's not my boss. He's more, you know, he's not even really my supervisor. He's just like the guy who's like the first among equals, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, But he's younger than I am. He hasn't, he's been working with the company only about the same amount of time. And he's certainly not. You know, he doesn't have as many certs as I do, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm really, in many ways, his senior, you know, in terms of, you know, just who I am. And apparently he was told, do anything, uh, you know, anything at all in your power to make me happy. That is what, oh, nice. yeah. And it's the first time that's ever happened to me, you know, where I was like, oh my God, there's actually people who are committed to making me happy. Oh my God, you know. So, um... So he's been like giving me more interesting work to do when there's, there isn't a lot for for me to do with, with my particular specialty right now. So he's been taking interesting work from other people and giving it to me. <laughs> so, and I'm like, woo! and I've been knocking it out of the park. So, so that was really exciting at work. And then it's been kind of a quiet week at home just because, um, I have spent so much of my time, frankly, napping after I get home from work, but um we did see Deadpool, because I said, you know what, Joe's gonna ask me if I saw the Deadpool movie.
2: <laughs> and
1: you didn't, but I did see it. I was like, honey, we have to see the Deadpool movie. So we went and we saw that, and oh my god, I, I had, I got out of reading X-Men right before Deadpool showed up, so I didn't know who he was or anything. Uh-huh. I had to look him up on Wikipedia and, you know, and I, I actually read the plot of the movie in advance because I was like, you know, I need to know what I'm getting into here. Right. Um, and then, you know, I went and I, and I hadn't seen the one where he showed up. I hadn't seen the Wolverine movie. I just I kind of stopped. I didn't like the last X-Men movie I saw. I think it's the one where Phoenix gets all weird or whatever.
0: Yeah, it was a horrible movie.
1: Yeah, I didn't like it. So I stopped watching them. And so even though I love Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, I hadn't seen the Origins one where Deadpool showed up. So I had no freaking clue. So I read all this stuff and then we go and see the movie and I was like, oh my God, best movie
0: ever. It's so good. Oh,
1: fabulous. I was just like, we're buying this. I didn't bring my son with with us and, and I felt kind of bad at that, but... But I said to him, you know, we're buying the movie when it comes out, and I'm going to make you watch it because you will love it. I love that they put Morena Baccarin in it. Um, she's she's one of my favorite female stars. I haven't seen everything she's done, but, you know, I just slap her over her in Firefly. Morena, mm-hmm. uh, be mine, you know. So, um, you know, so that was fabulous. I, and I like the fact that, you know, she's getting a little bit older But instead of making her play an older part, they made her, you know, they had her playing a part where she's supposed to be young, but she's, she's had a hard life. Right. Because you could see looking at her face, you know, the planes and everything, you're like, yeah, she's getting a little old for this kind of role, but they just made her hard bitten, not... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, it was a very, it was very well done. The casting was phenomenal.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds was awesome anyway, so.
0: And and I've got to ask, because he is my favorite character in the Marvel Universe, did you like what they did with Colossus?
1: Oh, my God! I loved Colossus. He was, he used to be, aside from Wolverine, who's just, you know, sex on wheels, Colossus was my second favorite back when I used to read the X-Men. I thought he was darling. I wanted to, like, be his girlfriend and stuff. And I loved his characterization in the movie. He was so he was so long suffering and so you know he he was really colossus. He was so good and yet you know he could definitely you know punch people if he had to. So, I I love how he says to to what's her face angel you know something like, oh you know you're out of your top there or whatever and she's
0: like
2: so he
1: punches him right in the
0: Exactly. <laughs> well and he, he's like you're a very pretty woman <laughs> like, he's just, he's like he's trying to be so respectful yeah, exactly. he just doesn't know what to do with himself exactly,
1: you know he's trying to be that guy and it was like he actually reminded me and and you're gonna laugh at me because here i am being a wow nerd but he reminded me of some of the draenei characters and how sweet they can be
0: yes know? absolutely. he's got that same
1: accent actually um but but yeah he he was fabulous i i was i was excited Blaming about him when we came home. Was, "Oh God, Colossus is so awesome! I'm so glad he's in there." You know?
0: Yeah, they yeah. did a phenomenal job with him.
1: They did, they did. I kind of wish Wolverine had been in there just because I love me some Wolverine. But, but the teenager was cool. I had never heard of her character before, so she was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I hadn't either. And and she somebody somebody has <laughs> said of all the of all the people that you were ever going to see in a. Uh, x-men movie or a marvel movie in general not somebody that they had expected to be used but used to such good effect
1: i know she was really good she was kind of like a, a baby female wolverine in a way so yeah. so it was pretty cool and you know i loved off girls so so you know whatever i was all like ah, if i were younger you know kind of thing
0: <laughs> well very cool well um anything else happen this week or shall we move on to news
1: no, i think I think that was about it. I don't think I
0: did anything else except, you know, play it on a WoW. <laughs> <laughs> well, this week, um, those of you who were disappointed that you did not get tickets to San Diego Comic-Con, um, Outer Places released a list of ten different places, the ten different Comic-Cons you can go to instead. And I thought it was kind of a nice thing to to include in there because – I've been going to a lot more conventions lately. Um we've got a, quite a few coming up. And uh and so I thought these were just kind of fun things to look at and to to realize that they're out there and and get yourself into the con community.
1: You know, I don't see Baltimore Comic Con on there. And um there's definitely one. I think it's during the same time as Dragon Con is. Um which um, if if I still lived in Southern Virginia, I'd be kind of um, uh, what's the word conflicted. Um, but I think I may actually go to Baltimore Comic Con, and I I think it's that same weekend. I have the Nerd Out app app mm-hmm. Nerd Out app. I think it's them on Twitter. Um, and they're they're I need to talk to them because they're not working with my calendar. I can't add stuff to my calendar, but I'm pretty sure that they had something for Baltimore Comic Con, um, in the Washington D.C portion of the app and i think it's that same weekend as dragon con so so this this site should add that because i'm i'm certainly looking forward to it i'm i'm definitely going to try and go
0: yeah and uh, and of course i have to add to the list our um our new palm springs comic con we're going to talk to somebody next week about that and we're very excited to get that out here um it's gonna be it's gonna be fun, and I'm hoping that the Nerd Out app will actually start covering um, stuff in Palm Springs because we're starting to get a little bit of a geek culture out here, which I'm very excited about.
1: That's so cool! I remember when I lived in L.A., there was nothing in Palm Springs except old people. So,
0: <laughs> well, and now now there's now there's old people, gay people, and old gay people, and that's <laughs> that is the population. That's so cool. Um, you know, but it, it is starting to skew younger. It is starting to. They're they're doing a lot of. Um, they're bringing a lot of businesses that attract uh, younger, unfortunately, younger Hollywood types, but also just kind of younger families and younger uh, people in general. Um, right now, we're getting a lot of hipsters.
1: Oh God! <laughs> so <come that's>,
0: <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, that's that's an interesting. I mean, they, they at least bring good food with them.
1: Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> The food, the food is fabulous. But, they're, okay, I'm sorry, because I know a lot of people think that I'm a hipster, which mm-hmm. is hilarious given how old I am. But, you know, but it's like the thing that gets me about hipsters is, okay, you can't have mashed potatoes if you're a hipster. You can't. You can't eat mashed potatoes. They're smashed potatoes, damn it. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, and they have olive aioli, you know, and all that crap. And I'm like, shut up. It's mashed potatoes <laughs> and olive oil. Shut the hell up! You know.
0: Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah,
1: that's that's the thing that gets me. But then, but then my my daughter tells me I'm a hipster, so I don't know who who can say yeah.
0: hipster or just experienced enough to know what you like. <laughs> well, that's how
1: I, I'm. It's like I'm just old, honey. You know.
0: <laughs> um, there is also going to be uh another article we ran across this week was um, Dungeons and Dragons. They're going to try another movie. I don't know if you've seen any of the ones that have been made up until now, but they're going to try another movie. I
1: avoided them. <laughs> I avoided the last one, certainly. I think
0: I appreciated what they were trying to do. Yeah,
1: I, I applauded their attempts and I avoided it like the plague.
0: But what they're going to try and do is they're going to try and make it very Gar- Guardians of the Galaxy in tone, but set in a Tolkien-like universe. Okay. So that's that's there. <laughs> we will see how successful they are with it. I haven't
1: played D and D in a million years, but you know, one of the things that actually got me—and I—I think the, the last movie was based on the—I forget what they were called, but there were there were these this particular series of books that were written by these two people whose names I still can't remember. This is awful. It's like I, it's like I'm senile, but. But they were, um, anyway, and they were very cool. They were like elves and dragons and all this. There were a lot of dragons in them, I remember. But what kind of got me was in one of the books, one of the, the female. She she's a cleric, right? You know, in, in mm-hmm. the, the cleric class in D&D. And she says something about, you know, I have achieved blah, blah, blah. Now I am a true cleric. And I'm like, oh, God. Oh God, you know, I was like, oh, way to make a gaming book. You know, I, I it just, it turned me off from reading the entire series. Yeah. I could remember, cause it's like, I know if I were to say that the bad guys, he's not really the bad guy. He's the conflicted artist type figure in it. And people go, oh yeah, that series, but I can't remember his
0: name. Well, I honestly like, – I have not read a lot of Dungeons & Dragons books. Um, I always found them a little clunky and awkward, and I just didn't enjoy them. But I ha- what I do enjoy reading are some of the, the campaign supplements that people have put out, these intricate stories that you have to add your own stuff into. It's like why aren't they adapting those?
1: I don't know. I haven't seen these. I'm- clearly, I'm behind the times in Dungeons & Dragons.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, but have, even the the really old ones, uh, you can can possibly maybe find them online for free downloads in places that you shouldn't be. Um, but like the old uh, supplements from the '80s, they they did have that clunky time where it was just like a dungeon crawl and it wasn't terribly exciting. But then they started evolving these like full on stories and you know these mysteries. And it's like you know make a Dungeons and Dragons mystery, dude. Do, do a good movie and, and add the fantasy in.
1: Well, that's what this came from. These these particular stories, I think, was that somebody started playing a campaign, and they came up with all these cool characters. And I remember, like, the big protagonist is, like, he's a half-elf ranger. Um, You know, this big blonde guy, you know, big bearded blonde guy. And then there's an elf woman. And then there's this guy who's, like, he's kind of dark and he has he's like a wizard or a warlock or something and he has white hair i can't remember his damn name my second husband was really into this crap and uh, but as i say i'm a real snob in terms of writing Uh which i suppose in a way i don't have a right to be because i haven't published any fiction myself i i have been published but it was a nerd publication um but, um, so I tend to be a real snob about writing. So, like, for instance, everybody will say how good all the Warcraft novels are, and I'm like, I can't read them. They're mm. not that well written. I'm sorry. They're they're just, the dialogue is stupid, and, and there's tons of grammatical errors. And, you know, having studied linguistics for years, I'm a grammar snob, so no, I just don't like them, and, you know, stuff like that. And that's that's kind of what gets me about a lot of novelizations of things. I'll, I'll get caught up on, on how good or bad the writing is or whatever, and I can't read it. So, but this sounds really interesting though, I didn't mean to derail.
0: Um, no, no, not at all.
1: This, this, this movie, it, it's like, I didn't actually catch yet, I need to go back and, and, and buy the movie. I haven't caught Guardians of the Galaxy, so I'm not exactly sure what, what flavor they're talking about here, but.
0: Well, it's as opposed to the serious, we have a, a mission to do kind of Avengers movie where it's, you know, very serious um, comic book action. It's very flippant. It's it's a little bit more Deadpool.
2: Right. It's a little yeah. bit
0: more comedy. It's not as self-referential, but it's definitely like it's a fun comedy romp through space.
1: doesn't take itself seriously.
0: Exactly. Okay. Exactly.
1: Sounds like something I could get into. If, if they do it right, you know.
0: Yeah, well, and I think if the Warcraft movie is done well, I think it's going to open itself up to a lot more um, fantasy. I don't think, I I think the high fantasy that we've got, everybody's like, well, yes, of course, because it's, you know, it's Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit. But you know, how many movies can we really do that are like that? Well, I think if you if if Warcraft does well, I think we will actually start seeing a big influx of, of fantasy.
1: Oh, and I am really looking forward to the Warcraft movie, I'll tell you. I've, I've definitely got my sights set on seeing that in the theater.
0: Yeah, I'm very excited about that. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, the next article I put in, just because the, the title was so awful, I felt so bad for, for <laughs> the people on the receiving end of this.
2: Oh, but
1: yeah.
0: The AV Club um, did their review on Fuller House?
2: <laughs>
0: and the the article title is Netflix Fuller House is like a porn parody without the porn. <laughs> wow! <laughs>
2: did you hear my husband's Netflix? Wow! <laughs> I did. <laughs> like.
0: I haven't. I haven't seen it yet. I definitely will. I don't know that I'm going to subject my husband to it because he 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 never watched Full House. I think that was a little bit more. It kind of landed right when I was in in grade school and junior high. So for me, it was a um, you know, it was part of my childhood. But even seeing the previews where they just kind of highlight all the the little catchphrases that everybody had. Oh my god! I'm like, I, I, I it's okay if the first episode is that. I understand. Get it out of your system now so that we can move on. But if if the second and third episode is just a rehashing of all the tropes from that series, <laughs> it, it should not exist.
1: So now is John Stamos actually in it? Because that's the only thing I would watch it for is John Stamos's hot body.
0: Well, my understanding is, is that they are all in it except for the Olsen twins.
1: Wow. So all the guys too.
0: All the guys um was his was John Stamos's wife Rebecca? Right. Yeah, she's in it. Oh
1: wait, she's in it? Oh yeah. But so she they're not married anymore. right?
0: Oh, I'm so, I'm sorry not 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 um Rebecca Romaine, but um Oh his,
1: his the, TV wife. Okay.
0: His TV wife. Yeah.
1: I have no idea, right? I I didn't remember he got married, but I guess he
0: said- Yeah, well the, he got married and then they had twins that were actually twins. So as opposed to having, you know, where the Olsen twins split the part of um, yeah. Michelle, they had actual twins. So I was always the,
1: hoping he'd be a gay character, you know, despite all his womanizing on the show. I was always right. hoping that, like, he'd come out or something, and then
0: <laughs> <laughs> you and I'm sure many, many others.
1: <laughs> I, I'm what what people used to call a fag hag, but I like the term Fruit Loop better.
0: Oh yeah, the I've, heard, I've heard that Fruit always Loop. Always
1: my favorite.
0: I've heard uh, Fruit Fly.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: A- um, yes, there's been, there's like, I, I had a, a friend in college who had the whole list and what what the nuances of each one meant. <laughs>
2: there's nuances?
0: Shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so, so, yeah, so I will definitely be trying this just because I feel like it, even if it is a train wreck, it's a train wreck you want to be able to say you've seen. Yeah,
1: I gotta see it now. I've got to see it. Uh, You know, until you said that, I wasn't, I wasn't, I was just like, no, forget it. But, you know, it would be a bigger train wreck if the Olsen twins had actually gone in on it.
0: Oh, I bet I, – I don't know that they're doing much right now, so <laughs> it's very possible that at some point one of them will, will stray from the pack that is Mary-Kate and Ashley and go, all right, I'll just do it.
1: Yeah. They, <laughs>
0: don't tell my sister.
1: Yeah, they may need it. They may need it. But, but yeah, I'll have to catch at least one episode, you know, maybe a year yes. or something with it.
0: Yeah, and I think – I don't remember if it was this article or another one because, I mean, the the, the – The conceit of the show is that dj has now lost her husband and so um stephanie and kimmy gibler come back in to to help her raise her children now and it's in the same house and so somebody was referring to you know they want to see the um the full house prequel that goes back to you know colonial times where the tanner curse uh you know when as soon as the the tanner family line has their third child the spouse dies
1: oh that's interesting like little little tanners on the prairie or something
0: yeah exactly <laughs> he's like because obvious because apparently that is that is what happens in the tanner family you have your third child and then your spouse dies and then your you know extended family and uh and best friends move in with you to help them raise you raise them
1: okay that's interesting i'm glad that doesn't happen in my family
0: yeah <laughs> So anyway, definitely check that out. Let us know how that is for you.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm dying here.
0: It's, it's like such a scathing. Like your husband had it right. It's just ow. Like <laughs> there's no other way to say that. Wow. Okay. Um, and then the last one, which you have, you have things to say about we just found that this this morning (laughs) apparently hogwarts has its first muggle it person now my understanding is this is just a fan site this is not an official anything
1: but i can never tell the difference anymore because that the fans you know shipping this and writing that for for harry potter it's it's worse than other i don't want to say maybe worse isn't the right word but it's it's more prevalent they're louder than,
2: than mm-hmm. the
1: fans of other things. I mean, you know, everybody everybody writes fan fiction. I have committed fan fiction myself. Um, in fact, I have one piece of fan fiction up on fanfiction.net, um, and it's Tolkien fan fiction. And I still get, it's been up there for years, and I still get likes on it all the time. So I've done it. You know, but the Potter fan, the Potter fic, as we call it,
2: Damn! <laughs> it's
1: Like wow, they are loud and and it's it's like they want everything to be canon,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know. And it's like I can't tell what's real and what's not anymore. So so that's so it's a fan site. All right, maybe I'll.
0: Well, my yeah, my understanding is she she encourages fan fiction. She doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. So. I don't know, but uh, it it seems kind of fun. Like the the article that they highlighted is, he refers the, the the this muggle IT guy refers to the what's the room that creates whatever you need it to be? Oh yeah, what, yeah.
1: I don't I don't remember, but yeah. Uh,
0: I don't remember what it's actually called, but the he calls it the room of false, false promises.
1: False Promises, because if somebody needs needs desperately needs a toilet, they wander in there, and all his servers go away. Yeah, it's hilarious. But I don't understand why the IT guy has to be a muggle. Why? I mean, maybe that makes it funnier because he doesn't get how it works, how, how Hogwarts works. But I would think that it would be interesting if the IT guy were a wizard and IT were his magic.
0: Yeah. Which is very – it's a very cool concept, and I've always loved the idea of techno-mages and, and that kind of thing. I think there's so many fun stories that can be told by by that kind of stuff. But I do think that that's kind of the joke, is that you can look at the, the wizarding world from a muggle perspective, but not just any muggle. A muggle that's kind of got a really um, key role in this new Hogwarts.
1: Yeah, I guess. I just – I don't know, but, but again, you know, maybe I'm just maybe I'm just kind of curmudgeonly. But for me, it's like, no, dang it, he should be a wizard. It just it just feels that way to me. And of course, Arthur C. Clarke was the one who said that that what was it any any um you know I, I don't remember the exact words, but but about you know tech, technology being indistinguishable from magic if you know if you looked at it from a certain point of view or whatever. And it's like right. true. It's, you know, IT really is magic. It, in fact, it's kind of interesting because I was actually asking a guy. He was he was doing something with the product that, that I that is my specialty, um, in the Coast Guard, and it was something that I didn't have. I didn't know how to do, and it just turns out actually that it's, it's a new kind of report that I don't have access to is what it is. But mm-hmm. so I said to him, well, how do you do this? You know, how does this work? And he goes, oh, it's magic. And I'm like, of course it is
2: it's magic,
1: you know, because that's how these things work now. You, you press a button and magic happens, you know, and we call it information technology or whatever it might be, you know, whatever kind of technology it is. You know, we call that technology, but it's magic. It would have been magic to, you know, our ancestors, you know, uh, you know, 100 or 500 years ago or whatever. So that's just my feeling. You're getting it wrong, kids. Come oh, on, There <laughs> we go.
0: Well, this um, this is a good transition <laughs> to our our topic of the day um, because we're bringing you in to talk to us about IT and uh, specifically women in IT because I have a feeling it's a very different world for for people who. Um, are you know for women or from people who are of other genders or or sexual preferences or all sorts of things like that. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Um, so we're segueing on our segues here, which by the way, I would love a segue. I think they're awesome. Um not a hoverboard though, I need something to hold on to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Those the hover hoverbirds look cool, but I I have a feeling I would be a mess on them.
1: Yeah, I'd be on my ass in a minute. So is this a family show? Am I saying too many bad things?
0: You know, beat
1: me out constantly.
0: I'll I'll ask your opinion on this because just just this week, iTunes basically made us decide whether we're our clean show or an explicit show, and you can't just have a no tag anymore.
1: Oh lordy, wow.
0: And. And I, it's a relatively clean show. You you listen to this show. We don't have a whole lot of swearing on it. But I don't want to limit my guests. And so I pit, picked explicit. Okay. Because in my mind, it's like, well, if you know a guest wants to drop an F-bomb, I'm not going to go, oh, no. And I've edited some out if I feel like it was gratuitous or something like that. But for me, it's kind of like if you're going to make me choose, I don't want to – Limit my audience to, or I don't want to li- limit my guests to being well behaved on my podcast.
1: Wow! And here I've been trying really hard, so I'm going to stop. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. So from this point over onward, folks, you know, we if if the f bombs drop, you you have been warned.
1: <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, you know, it's funny because I have tried really, really hard not to, and again, I've been doing this for 20 years or so. I've tried really hard not to have a chip on my shoulder. You know, Mm -hmm. but then I've looked at it and I'm like, is it a chip on my shoulder or is there something that I need to say here? You know, Mm -hmm. and, and I've decided, I think, I think in the last few years, I've decided that I have less to lose. You know, I'm sort of, I'm getting to the point where I feel like I'm at the end of my career. Um, When I originally took this job, I, I intended it to be the last job that I would ever have Mm -hmm. Um, because I'm tired um, you know, first of all, I've been getting more and more disabled as time goes on. Um, and a lot of that is the stress of moving. I've moved across the country four times in the past, I think, dozen years.
2: Oh, wow.
1: And that'll kill you, you know, right mm-hmm. there. Um, you know, I've, I've been through two divorces. I've had three children. I, you know, it's like, oh, God, you know, if I weren't, if I weren't sick, people would wonder. But and fibromyalgia um, is is very much exacerbated by stress. So if you have stresses in your life, you you are in more pain, you know. And um, and and so I guess you know I just decided. And again, it's just been the last year or so that that I just don't care anymore. I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna I'm gonna open my mouth. I'm going to advocate for women. I'm gonna stop laughing at the sexist jokes. Um, you know, and a good example of a sexist joke is um, back in 2003, I got hired at uh, a company called Foundstone. And one of the guys who was, uh, he was seen as, you know, one of the, you know, young Turks or whatever. You know, he was one of the you know high-powered IT nerds there or whatever. And he said, oh, my God, you hired a woman? And we were all supposed to laugh. Oh, you know? wow. and I was like, <laughs> You know, and, and the thing was when they were interviewing me, I found out that the recruiting company that presented me had, had altered my resume to make it look like I was a manager, which I avoid management like the plague. I hate it. I don't want, Mm -hmm. I don't want to be responsible for hiring and firing. I don't want to tell people what to do. I'm, I'm really just a nerd. I want to keep my head down and work. Mm -hmm. So I had never been a manager. I've been a team lead, but never a manager and they put that i was a manager on my resume and i almost didn't get hired because of it because they thought i was overqualified for the job they were hiring me which was team lead mm-hmm. so i had to go no no here let me give you my real resume this is you know it's all the same technical work but you know different titles and you know they were like yay and they hired me but you know on my first day this is what i hear you know oh you hired a woman and it was it was supposed to be funny
2: mm-hmm. you
1: know and i'm like <laughs> you know, because I, I thought I didn't dare not laugh. Right. Right. Um, you know, I'm a person who has, uh, my emotions are very close to the surface. I've always cried easily. There was one day when the CEO walked past my desk. I was the only one there. I was, I was on the late shift at that point, which just meant I had to work till seven Mm. and I'm crying about something because I was really frustrated. And the next thing I knew, I was actually in trouble. For- oh, wow. Yeah. They, they basically, um, you know, my, my boss said, do we have to have a talk about this? And, and the idea was you're unhappy here. And I'm like, I'm not unhappy. I was frustrated this one time. I was cry, you know. But it's like you're not allowed. Basically, everybody, and especially in IT, is supposed to be a middle-aged white male.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and and specifically white too so it's like if i were a black woman i actually can't even imagine how difficult my life would be if i were a black woman because one of the things that people that's a stereotype about black women is that they're always angry Mm -hmm. and a lot of it is just they've got this kind of snappy personality kind of thing going on and and it's A lot of black women are like that, and I've known a lot of black women like that, but it doesn't mean they're angry. It just means they, you know, they might not want to take any crap or whatever, but it's not an anger.
0: Even if they were, I I think (laughs) there (laughs) are definitely reasons why
1: they would be. I I heard a talk um, a couple of years ago on intersectionality, which was something I had never heard of before, and it really got me thinking. It's like, okay, I'm a white woman. Life in IT is really rough for me. What if I were a black woman? What if I were a black trans woman in IT? Oh, my God. (laughs) And it gets to the point where I can't even imagine how difficult my life would be at that point. You know, Mm -hmm. I because all I've got are my own experiences. You know, I can talk to other people. I can say, what are your experiences? But I can't, I can't come out and, you know, I can't say that I've ever experienced them because I haven't, you know. But at the same time, I look at it and it's like, well, if I can maybe get, you know, a little more softening for somebody else because I yelled about this thing then I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if somebody is telling sexist jokes, I call them on it. I actually, that, that was part of the source of the trouble that I was having. And I felt kind of bad because, um, and I'm going to put this out there and, and it, it made me feel terrible that this happened because the people that I was having issues with were all black. And I was like, I had to really sit down and go, is this a racist thing on my part? Am I being racist? Am I being, you know, am I holding them to a standard that I don't want to be held to because they're acting in this way? But specifically what they were doing was they were going to the customer who in this case was, you know, the Coast Guard. And they were telling them that I didn't know what I was doing and that I was, I was steering them in the wrong direction and that I was, that, that I had no idea what I was talking about and that I didn't have the expertise that I said I had. And, and I mean, it was these three specific people and I'm sitting here and I'm going, Oh my God, you know, what do I do here? You know, it, and it actually had me pretty conflicted for a while because I was like, is there a race thing going on here? You know? And I, mm-hmm. no, but then fine. And it really wasn't, I don't think it was because I was a woman because one of the people who was doing this was a woman. But I finally just had to stand up and go, you know, I know this. I know this thing better than anybody else. And, you know, and I, they are wrong and I am right. And they need to stop cutting me down. Even if they think I'm wrong, they need to come to me and talk about it. And if we can't work it out, we'll talk about it, you know, in front of people who are absolute arbiters, but they need to stop cutting me down. But I was just Mm -hmm. like, you know, because I was trying to be sensitive to, you know, not only myself as a woman, because, you know, I felt that as a woman, I wasn't being taken seriously sometimes by some of the military people. But at the same time, I had to to, to go, am I not taking them seriously? You know, is there a race thing going on here? And And I think I finally said to myself, no, I'm pretty sure there isn't. But, you know, you're never sure because that's the problem with with prejudice is that we're holding people to a standard that's completely artificial.
2: Mm-hmm. So,
1: you know, if I don't like, for instance, the fact that somebody's sitting there, you know, bopping along to rap music at work, which, you know, I really don't think somebody should be doing, but, but you know, because they're allowed. But is is my issue with them a cultural issue or is, is there really a disruption going on? You know, is my feeling that somebody's unprofessional is that is that completely artificial? Because if it were happening to me, I was once told that I had to go home and change my clothes. Oh my. Because I was dressing like a woman. I I look and I look damn good. <laughs> you know, and I, I wasn't quite dressing like Erin Brockovich or something, you know, the, mm-hmm. the typical, you know, very short skirts and, you know, but I was, you know, I mean, I was showing some cleavage and I was wearing this gorgeous dress and, you know, and I'm, I'm a heavier woman and, you know, and I've got the big boobs, which I don't know if you, if, if you've ever noticed this, but women who have big boobs do not have brains. It's it just, they oh, don't yeah. have them. That's, I've heard,
0: I've heard rumors. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, you know, that works against me at work too. If I were very thin, I, I would actually be taken more seriously. And I, I, I actually faced the person who told me that I had to go home and change. And I'm like, I'm dressing just like all the other women here, but I'm fat. And they're not. So is that what this, this is about? And he said, No, you know, I can see your bra strap. And I'm like, so what? So-and-so across the hall is, you can see her bra too. Who cares? That's the way people dress now, you know? And he's like, well, it's inappropriate on you. And I'm like, it's inappropriate on me because I have boobs. That's what you're telling me. You are body shaming me. And he's like, you can go home now or you can just promise never to dress like this again. (laughs) I was like, I lose, right? But, you know, and so I was trying to make sure that I wasn't subjecting other people to that kind of thing. You know, there are a lot of, for instance, um, there are a lot of black women who say, oh, I don't dare wear my, my hair in cornrows, you know, or black men who say, oh, I don't wear, dare wear dreads to the office, you know, because everybody is supposed to be a middle-aged white male. So and and after a while you do you you develop a chip <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. as
1: they say you develop a chip because you start looking for it you know you're like are you doing this because I'm female are you doing this because I'm x are you doing this because I'm y and so many times the answer is yeah you know it, it they really
2: are and
0: yeah, we we've, we've gotten to a point I think where oh, we, we realize that there is a problem. I don't think anybody at this stage in the game can't acknowledge that when it comes to race, when it comes to gender, when it comes to uh, sexual preference, when it comes to all these different things, uh, we have gotten to a place where we all know. like You, you cannot make the excuse, I, I, I didn't know there was a problem. I, I, we all know there is a problem. But I think that There are so many people that are so set in their ways and so concerned that if they start looking at the world a little differently, it's going to crumble, that they just refuse to move. And they were just refuse to start accepting, hey, this is a world that has a lot of different people in it, and they are all contributing to what we're trying to work for, so let's let them do what they need to do.
1: Well, the, the consequences can just be so tragic. You know, I I was actually reading up on uh, Chelsea Manning, um, uh, also known to the military as, as Private Bradley Manning. Um, and, of course, uh, that's the person who uh, will probably forever be in jail for having um, shared uh, military and government secrets with WikiLeaks. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the thing is that if you sit down and you actually read Chelsea's story, a lot of what happened was a cry for help on her part. Um, She was put in a position that she never wanted to be in. Um, She actually joined the military to get out of trouble, which a lot of people do. You know they're given the choice, um, you know, join the military or go to jail. And I think in Chelsea's case, it wasn't so much jail, but it was it was a way to get away from abuse. Mm -hmm. And then from then on, it was constantly a who am I, what am I, what do I identify as, what's going on in my life, how do I fit in? And she turned out to be really, really good at this this one thing, and I don't remember all the details, but she was given responsibility and access that she never should have had because the military was short-staffed. And her doing what she did was a response, was basically a way to say you shouldn't be giving this to me, and on top of it, you're not safeguarding your secrets. Mm-hmm. Plus, horror at what some of those secrets were like the collateral damage video and stuff like that. And I'm not, I'm not defending. And in fact, I would probably get into a hell of a lot of trouble at work if, if I seemed to be defending Chelsea Manning. I mean, I think that, you know, you do have to step up and you have to do the right thing and not necessarily, um, you know, sell, sell your country short. There could have been some stuff that could have been really damaging. Um, there. Frankly, I don't think any, any of what was shared was really damaging. I think that it was stuff that needed to be seen, and WikiLeaks certainly seemed to feel that it needed to be seen. But the mm-hmm. thing is that the whole reason it happened was that the military wouldn't listen to Chelsea and wouldn't listen to her problems. And when you get that, that pushing back on diversity You know, you've got all sorts of people who join the military or who just are out in the world for for whole different reasons. And they all have different stories. And the world wants to shove everybody into a box. You know, oh, you're just this or you're just that. I mean, you know, I'm sure I know I do it. You know, I'll decide what people's, you know, motivations are without knowing them well enough. Mm-hmm. You know, and or decide that, you know, I think I know better than a person does about themselves. And, you know, all I do if I do that is I maybe hurt somebody's feelings. But if you're talking about the government or the military or your employer or, you know, concerned mothers or, you know, groups or whatever, you know, you're talking about creating real tragedy in people's lives. And, it's it's got to stop. I mean, you know, this this is a this is a great show because it's a it's a geek diversity show. Mm-hmm. But we need so much more of that in life in general. You know, every time I see somebody, you know, just in in the military, if I see somebody at work and they're a little bit different, I'm like, yay, yes, you have a <laughs> TARDIS on your desk, yay over there, you've got the Death Star. Hey, you know. You're out and gay. That's fabulous. Because I mean, in the military, what? You know, a few years ago, you couldn't have been out and gay.
0: No, not at all. And that's, you know, I, I have hung my my activist hat to the for the most part up. Um, but when when Prop Eight in California came up, it it was a big thing for me because I, I think, you know, growing up white and male in California, um, I I didn't. I didn't get hit by a lot of that, um, you know, kickback because you know nobody had to know that I was gay if I didn't tell them. And when Prop Eight passed, it was the first time that it was kind of like, no, who you are is not okay. And
1: I hated that. I wasn't living there anymore, but I wanted to go back there and smack people. It's like, how could you?
0: Oh, and it was the same. And it was the same election. The same election that. we elected Obama. And I'm like, I want to be so happy right now, but I just can't. I just can't be happy about this. And so, you know, I, I got on my, you know, I went and marched to Fresno. I went to, I marched in, in Washington, DC. I, you know, I, I really got out there and started pushing because it was the first time that I really felt like, you know what, if I don't make a change, then I'm, I'm part of the problem. You know, I didn't campaign when, when that, I, that was, that was the big thing. It was like a lot of us didn't do anything about it. Cause we're like, it's California. Nobody's going to not pass this in California. We're, we're a blue state. You know, we were completely taken by surprise, but it was that wake up call. It was that you have to go out and you have to be the change that you want to be.
2: Okay.
0: And, and so, you know, when I started teaching at, um, at my high school, you know, I made sure I had tenure so that they couldn't just fire me at a drop of a hat. And I made sure that my my core team of colleagues were there when I told the principal, "Look, I'm 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 gay. I'm going to be out. I'm going to be out to the students. And if you're, the parents have a problem with it, I need you to have my back because this is important to me." And that's how it is and and you know i i've, I've many things to say positive and negative about that uh, particular principle but you know she never had a problem with with me being who i was and the number of students that have come to me come out to me over the years or parents who've come up to me and said thank you for for being out because it's given my child the courage to be out and it's kind of like we all have a responsibility to go out and represent who we are and it is so important for you know you in your workplace to acknowledge the people that are different and and be there to support them when they're having the problems that we all of our problems are different we can't we can't just lump them all in and say you know oh you know diversity problems because every single diversity problem is, you, as you pointed out at the beginning, you know, you as a woman in IT is very different than you if you were a black woman in IT or a black trans woman in, in IT. And everybody has a different problem that they're going to have to deal with. But that's where we have to turn around and just support each other and say, hey, look, <laughs> what you're doing is not right. How you're treating this person is not right. And if you don't start saying, hey, that joke you just told is kind of offensive, then that person's never going to stop telling that joke.
1: Uh, yeah. And you know what? Uh, and, and here's the thing, too. When you're in military or government, you hear tons and tons of sexist and anti-gay jokes. I mean, uh, uh, and, and just guys saying stuff, you know, a lot of these people, a lot of the people I work with are very young. They're like in their very early 20s, if they're even 20. But mm-hmm. a lot of them are, are married and they'll say crap about their wives. And I'll just be like, excuse me. Woman in the room, and year, a few years ago, I wouldn't have said a word about it. I mean, there, there was this one time I was I was sitting there in a government contract, and some guys were actually using the term, you know, sorry audience, but they were using the term the smoking cunt about somebody's mm-hmm. website, and I was like, what, what? And then I'm like, no, I'm just here for two weeks. I have to shut up. I have to do the job. I ended up not getting paid for the job I did because they decided they didn't like it and ripped it all out and then refused to pay the company that hired me. So the company didn't pay me. And I'm like, wait a minute. And I started talking about all the stuff that had happened. And they're like, well, if you had complained at the time, we would have done something, but yeah, now we're not, we're just not going to pay you for the two weeks of of work you did.
2: Wow! And I was
1: just like, Oh my God. I thought that because they, they basically told me at one point to stop calling them about some of the, the, the other, just the technical stuff that was happening. So I didn't mm-hmm. tell them about the non-technical stuff I was dealing with. And because of it, I didn't get paid. And I'm like, Oh my God, you know, and I didn't, I, I maybe should have sued them, but at the time I was, I, I was working for them because I was otherwise unemployed and I just didn't have the wherewithal. and, it wasn't clear cut. Mm-hmm. Plus, since they were they were contracting to the government, it was like I would have ended up essentially suing the government, and that doesn't.
0: Work. <laughs> that, that very rarely ends well yeah, for I don't know. So I was
1: just like, yeah, this isn't gonna happen. So I just, you know, I just took my lumps or whatever. But now, if somebody said words like that or even words to that effect, I'd be out there. You know, it would be like, no, you don't do this to women. You don't treat. You know, because because it shouldn't still you know, sexism shouldn't still be a problem in the workplace. You know, we should be, I mean, you know, anti-anything shouldn't be a problem in the workplace, but I can't believe that at this point I'm still combating sexism. And it's, it's what makes me want to retire.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But then I also look at it and it's like in 1998, when I first started getting involved with the idea of women in IT, um, There were, I, I don't remember numbers, but there was, there were, there were an increasing number of women in the IT workplace. There's actually fewer now. There's fewer now than there were in the late nineties because women get disgusted like me and they walk away. And it's like, well, you know, if women are walking away, you know, what's happening to every other, you know, segment? What's happening? You know, do we have more of any, you know, minority? I, mm-hmm. I, you know, so I, I just, uh, it doesn't seem to be, it doesn't seem to be getting better. It seems to actually be getting worse as time goes on, and with the political climate the way it is, I, I'm beginning to wonder if it's just all a symptom of one thing.
0: So yeah. Yeah, I I I wanna I wanna try and end the conversation on a on a high note, but I I don't know where that high note is. I think I think the high note has to be that that there are a lot of us out there are experiencing these kind of things, and that we we do understand that it is a problem. And I think you know as uh the girls gone wild have their team positive hashtag.
2: Yeah, isn't that um, wonderful?
0: Yeah, I, I think we need, I think we need kind of that, that support group. I think we need to kind of put ourselves out there and, and help each other out when we see these kind of things happening. You know, don't, it's very, it's, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna boil this down to, to very base geek. It doesn't have a huge impact, but it does kind of thing. Um, when you are in a battlefield or a, um, A dungeon in WoW or in whatever video game you're playing and somebody makes a slur that is racist, sexist, or homophobic it is very hard to stop and say, hey that's offensive. But we all kind of as a group have to start doing that. We have to start if if we cannot destroy (laughs) the the bigotry um, we have to at least kind of scare it into the shadows again because it People need to feel like no, it is not okay for me to say this, even if it's what I believe or even if it's how I am. And I think in a lot of cases, and this is speaking as a teacher who's got yeah, students, we we've pretty much eradicated using the word gay as uh, a negative at our school.
2: Yeah. But
0: yeah, but for a while there, it was very hard because it was just the vernacular, and it was not that they were meaning it to mean that it was. You know, The gay people were bad. It's just, oh, everybody else says this, so when I s- want to say something is bad, I just say, oh, that's gay. And it got to a point where as soon as they said it, it it clicked, oh, I shouldn't have said that. That wasn't right. And it started to go away. And they felt bad because it's not that they felt that there was anything wrong with gay people. It's just what they said. And so that's kind of my little hashtag I mean, team positive call to arms is, you know, there's nice ways to say it. There's there's quiet, non-controversial ways to say, hey, guys, you know, I, I I take offense to that. You know, can you please at least while you're around me not use that kind of language? And they may go, oh, you're too sensitive or whatever. But especially if it's a group of people, there's at least one person that's probably going to go, wow, yeah, that they've got a point. I probably shouldn't do that in the future. And so we kind of have to all just push. We have to say it may be comfortable, uncomfortable because believe me, I'm Mr. Non-Confrontational.
1: I know, me too.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's so hard. You don't want to be that person that stands up and says, I- I'm offended by this. But if we don't all commit to doing that, nothing's ever going to change. And the change is going to be slow and the change is going to be tedious. But at least there will be change if we try and start bit by bit.
1: Oh, I hope so. I do hope so.
0: So and soapbox
2: <laughs>
0: slash end rant. <laughs> um, but yeah, but thank you so much for coming on and and talking to us about about this because this is a topic I've kind of wanted to approach not just in IT but just kind of in general. And and I, I I thank you for for being the first person brave enough to come in and say this is what I want to talk about.
1: Wow, that's that's hard to believe, but yay, yay.
0: Yeah, well, because everybody has their thing, and and you know, it is a fun podcast, and it is a podcast where we can kind of talk about being a geek and how fun that it is and how much excitement it is. But you know, when you get that opportunity, it's very rare to say, "Well, I'm going to use that to talk about something that we don't really want to talk about." And uh, and so, thank you, thank you for that.
1: Well, thank you. I I you know would love to do it again sometime. Not not this subject necessarily because we could do it to death, but you know. Um, But, you know, any time in the future, as I say, if you're desperate.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think I think especially after this episode, the audience will agree that we do not need to be desperate to have you back on because you've been a wonderful guest. (laughs) Thank
1: you very much. It's been a wonderful time. I keep toying with the idea of doing a podcast myself and then I'm like, yeah, I don't think I could talk, you know, for that long about different stuff every week or whatever, but. But so, like, I'm, I'm guesting on a million different people's podcasts because it's just, it's so much fun. <laughs>
0: have, have you, have you signed up for, for Girls Gone Wild yet?
1: Um, I actually just sent them a letter saying that I'd love to be on their show, um, if, if they want me there. And I'm actually going to be on, um, Syl, the original, um, person who started Girls Gone Wild. She actually has another new podcast now, Battle Chat. And I'm going to be on her show, uh, on March 6th.
0: So. Oh, that's cool. That's so fun. I love Syl. She's so funny.
1: She is. She's hilarious. So I've been catching up on on her podcast because I didn't know she had a new one at first.
0: Mm-hmm. Then,
1: but she was, um, but she's on my Twitter friends list, and so you know I saw you know she was asking, oh, you know, can people you know are people interested in being guests? And I'm like, oh, you have a new, a new podcast, so I I went and uh, I've been listening to it, and she she's so funny. So
0: yeah, here's my advice for for girls gone wild they are intense they are very intense they are wonderful i absolutely love ej and raven they're so much fun and i loved I, I loved having them on my show um but when they were on my show i kind of controlled the pace and and it was easy to get a word in edgewise um you have to be aggressive with them or you will not say anything because i i at the end of the of the episode that I was on, I was like, Oh my God, I said like three words. I'm like, I feel so bad. I was such a terrible guest. And, um, but it's because when they come in, they're like, okay, so this is it. And this is how we do it. And this is and like, they're, they're so excited to be there and they have so much to talk about with, with you and with each other that you have to jump in or they're going to just run away with it without you. Oh, that's,
1: that's, that's funny. I think, I think we'll get along. Cause I'm like that too. So, but you know you said enough that that's how i discovered your podcast so was was actually i i i forget how i discovered them but i listened to them i heard you on them and that's how i discovered your podcast so you must have said enough
0: I must have said enough. Hopefully, I I had enough of a of, of a presence there that I was able to to get my point across. But uh, but yeah, and I definitely thought, well, all right, if I ever get a chance to be there again, I just need to be a little bit more aggressive and insert myself into the conversation. Because part of it is you get so trained to listening to the person or the people that you're just kind of like you go into I'm listening to podcast mode. <laughs>
1: Well see what you did was you were very smart. You sent them gin. So what you need to do is the next time you go on their show, send them gin right before and they'll they'll you know, they'll be like, drunk. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You'll
1: be able to talk as much as you want.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely definitely a good a good strategy. All right. Well we're gonna start closing up the show. Do you have any shout outs for people this week?
1: Yeah, I want to shout out to um my very wonderful friend who has been very, very Patiently educational with me, um, Ashling Nicklin, um, who just got a new job, and I'm very, very happy for her. Um, and also to, uh, to my two raid teams, Kingdom of Light and Indella Buddies, who have been absolutely wonderful to me. I got my moose with Indella Buddies. And then last of all, to my, um, symphony, uh, the Washington Metropolitan Gamer Symphony Orchestra, WMGSO.org. Um, they are so wonderful, and if anybody is in the Washington, D.C. area uh, catching us um, at one of our concerts, we are really, really good. So
0: That's awesome. Very cool. Shout-outs to all of you guys. And um, I'd like to send out a, a shout-out to uh, Jeannie Koch, who was on a couple episodes ago, um, and she is so phenomenal. She She's the author of the the Alien series, and uh, she basically, after she got off the podcast with me, she's like, all right, let me introduce you to this person. Let me set you up with this person because I like fun people and like like being around fun people, and so I want my fun people to be friends with one another. And so just like yesterday or the day before, she sent an email to like four or five podcasts that she'd been on over the last six months, and she was like, all right, guys, you're all great people. You need to meet
1: happens
0: it is so nice and so she's been so good and so so positive so i want to send a shout out to Jeannie because i I, like just thinking about her makes me happy she's such a fun guest and the fact that she's taken the time to to encourage me to to do more with geekitude and invite me to conventions and things i i am very excited to to have met her and um so big shout out to Jeannie. Uh, coming up next, next week we're going to have um, Alex Callego come on and talk to us all about Palm Springs Comic-Con because we're very excited and their their Kickstarter is starting on Monday. So um, this podcast is probably going up on Sunday the 28th. So if you're listening to that uh, the 29th or after, please find the uh Palm Springs Comic Con Kickstarter it's going to be going up on Monday and we're all going to support it so that we can you know make a huge fun convention for for those of us out here in Palm Springs and hopefully we'll start drawing people from elsewhere as well
1: that would be fun to go to I don't I don't think I'm gonna make it um you know this time but but if it it goes on the future that would be something to to look forward to I miss the west coast so much so
0: well, anytime you you get out here, let me know. We'll we'll grab coffee or something. And uh, I, I have this pipe dream of you know two or three years in the future having like big geekitude meetups with former guests and 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 people who enjoy listening. And I think it would be fun to make that part of uh, Palm Springs Comic Con weekend.
1: Oh, that'd be wonderful.
0: Yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. Um, All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound and is being used under Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. You can currently find us at Geektitude as well as iTunes and Stitcher and possibly on Pocket Cast if they get their act together. Uh, Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you would like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com can also follow the show on Twitter at Geektitude or me personally at Epic Uh Alicia, what about you? Where can we find you?
1: Um, I'm on Twitter uh, at Lothie. That's L-O-T-H-I-E. That's um, primarily my my business and IT account. Um, or at Leesha Raids, which is pretty much only for gaming. Um, but uh, I, I tweet about feminism a lot on both of them. So. Um, I'm actually on Google+. Um, if you look for Mimi Herman, um, I'm there. Um, and uh, I'm also at www.lothi.com or www.kittydreams.com. Those are my two websites. And I think uh, both or one of them has links to wherever else I am. So um, uh, so you can find everything, I think, at lofty.com. Um, so uh, yeah, I think I think that's pretty much it. I have a Facebook, but it's
0: it's pretty personal, so. Very good. Well, very cool. Any fun things going on this week to
1: look forward to? Um, I'm going to a housewarming for one of my symphony members later today. Um, I think that's pretty much it. I'm uh I'm I'm hoping to, to rest and relax. I need to really uh, heal up from this this last crap thing at work that happened. Um, it, it always takes me a couple of weeks to to. You know, rest and and get back with the fibro. So,
0: yeah. Well, thank you very much again for being part of our show. Um, We we really had fun talking to you. and (laughs) And for all of those out there listening, remember this week, keep it geek.